0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of June 20th, 2022. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber, live in our studios in Petoskey, Michigan. This podcast is presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed Indeed in this week's episode. Anything going on in the world of golf right now? Our takeaways from the U.S. Open Matthew Fitzpatrick with quite a performance. He gets his first PGA Tour victory and first major title. We'll recap the Meyer LPGA Classic from Blyfield Country Club just outside Grand Rapids as we go around the tours. Tell you about the Women's State Am, a historic Women's State Am here in Michigan. And give you the results from the Michigan Open as well. And then finally, we'll wrap up with our preview and picks for the Travelers Championship this week in Cromwell, Connecticut. But first... Matthew Fitzpatrick, what a performance. What a second shot on the 18th hole. And Will Zalatoris, again, perhaps the lasting image of that championship along with, I think, uh, Fitzpatrick Caddy's reaction was the missed putt by Zalatoris. Again, Zalatoris finishes in second place. Your takeaways from the U.S. Open championship hunter over the weekend at the Country Club. In Brookline, Massachusetts,
1: I, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna fall back into recency bias. I am going to very quickly. I I, I think that Matthew Fitzpatrick shot, given the situation, was like <laughs> was so good. He, I don't think he even said he doesn't like fairway bunker shots. He made a point uh, whether that was before the week or right after that. That was the one spot he really did not fancy being. He didn't feel comfortable out of the fairway bunkers, and then to be there, and then to the, never having a pj tour win i didn't like that's just a name that you always just think has had at least one but and he's always there he's always like i would love to see his top 10s top 20s cuz he's got to have way more of the of these guys that do have victories on the pj tour yeah um, very consistent play. yes so to see him hit that shot in that situation i mean it's got to be i don't even want to give it a number like a top 20 shot in major history given the situation given the moment um I thought it was awesome. I mean, 17 or 18 greens in the U.S. Open in the final round, insanity in the final group. Yes, in the final group, phenomenal.
0: And he did this. Remember, off the heels of the PGA Championship, which we talk about all the time on this on this podcast, where he did have a chance to win there, and he played poorly Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And very often that will get people off of guys because they think, oh, well, they can't close. Really, it's more a matter of gaining those experiences so that the next time you have the opportunity, you are more comfortable. And he proved comfortable in the most vital moment. I also thought it was interesting to hear from, I can't remember who it was, maybe Daniel Rappaport said, in the practice rounds, Fitzpatrick specifically went over to that left bunker on 18, even though he did not hit his drive there, to be able to play at least a shot or two into the green from that spot, which proved vital as he pull-hooked his tee shot pretty bad there off the tee on 18. Yeah,
1: that that was... One of the more fun top tracer rounds i've I've watched in a long time he was just hitting missiles and they weren't leaving their line. It was just like missile missile missile. and this is a very small guy only guy to hit the green number eight and two I believe and the only guy to hit the green in one on number five, the drivable par four and the the pretty long par five into the wind yet uh, on Sunday and that three what he hit was just it was like two seventy five right into a gust yeah up yeah, a hill yeah and the thing did and he was telling it to sit
0: and he hit a great layup. On uh on the back nine too on yeah. the tiered par five. I think it's is it fourteen or fifteen?
1: Yeah, he didn't leave himself the best chance for Birdie. I don't th- he, he or, hit a poor third, yeah. but he
0: still hit a great yeah. great second with a three wood up onto the upper level where you saw a lot of guys hitting irons there into the fatter part of the fairway. He pushed it up further. So we talked about going into the week. United States open, who's gonna be the straightest player with their longest clubs? And you saw there you know, that prevail in the, uh, in the final round with Fitzpatrick really being the guy that made the fewest mistakes and hit the straightest shots with the longest clubs, as you point out there, reaching the green on the par four and the par five and two. What do you make? A lot's been made of Fitzpatrick's added distance. Yeah, I you think it's being overstated a little
1: bit. 100%. Yeah, like if you look at the actual like his season his season stats, I don't know, I think we have talked about that the the driving distance stats can be a little bit skewed. But he's like 108th on the tour. He's not like he's like I wouldn't you can't consider 108th on the tour a long ball hitter. This week he was he was in like the top 10 in both driving distance and strokes gained off the tee.
0: Yeah, I think maybe even the gains are so recent that a season-long statistic might not reveal it
1: yeah so so it's hard for me to say because I didn't think if you would ask me this question three weeks ago I've been like what are you talking about yeah it's just like it was in this situation where he was hitting it up with Willie Z which I'll we'll get to Willie Z in a second there where people just kept saying like oh where'd this distance come from because he's not you know how tall is he like five seven five eight
0: he's a shorter guy I'm not sure it's his exact height but
1: yeah so uh
0: funny he's been talking about it he's being i'm hearing him compared to luke donald because he went to northwestern that was for one year by the way that he went to northwestern because he, yeah. yeah, he, was he was that good player. of an amateur he kind of knew he, he was going to turn pro
1: i want to say it, was, it wasn't even like less than that like it was only like a semester
0: might have been like he, he was
1: been. there for like the shortest period the fact that he even can claim himself a wildcat
0: well you see like greenberg and all these north because there's so many northwestern guys in sports media because of their journalism school mm-hmm. they're all you know coming out to celebrate and like, like to take ownership of this one because it's they found out Fitzpatrick went to Northwestern probably sometime this week but um yeah I think the added distance is an interesting storyline I think that'll be something to watch moving forward I mean Fitzpatrick is is like we're talking about really a top end player possibly a top 10 in the world player we're talking about a player who's you know if he's hitting it like that at St Andrews he will definitely be in contention again yeah. no doubt and yeah. i have to can't let this podcast go by without mentioning that we have the first ever US Open champion who is a cross-handed chipper
1: yeah i'm glad you mentioned that how many guys do you think like i guess you don't like yeah how many guys you, that you the local club
0: enough. went out on sunday night and started cross-handed <laughs> chipping
1: um, I feel like the first time I ever see, I ever saw that was, there was a guy, remember that Big Break show on the Golf Channel?
0: Love that show. Yeah,
1: one of my one of my favorite shows. Tony Fino I wish you were risky. He was, yeah, they both were. I, yeah. I actually I totally forgot about Tony. Um, but there was a guy that played his whole bag cross-handed. I don't even remember that guy. And he was actually pretty darn good. That was the first time I've ever seen it. I've never seen it since then. I mean, it seems it makes, oh, actually, I take that back. We have a member at the club, uh, Mr. Kelly, who does it? And he chips very well. It's very consistent. I mean, it's every time. and that's I don't what think there's t- a
0: lot wrong with it. I mean, if there's no. a guy winning a U.S. Open who's chipping cross-handed, yeah. I don't really fault you for going out and trying that. Now, remember, he doesn't really have to chip. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> chipping is not at the center of his strokes-gamed profile. Like no. he is gaining tee to green and on the green.
1: This it feels very much like a um, like a belly putter, like. Guys don't go to belly putter because they exactly. were they were a really good traditional putter. Exactly right. They, they, they switched so because they didn't have much of a choice. If you're
0: chipping okay, just, <laughs> just go ahead and keep gripping it right hand low, I think.
1: Even if you aren't chipping okay, just keep practicing. Maybe practice more, and then if things really get bad. Because I just don't, I don't see how you get it in the air. That's where I, w- I would struggle a little bit, like getting it high. I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to get it rolling. Yeah. But I just don't see where you – maybe I'll have to give it a try tonight.
0: So I want to get to the broadcast too, but I think we need to cover more of the golf itself because that was one of the best tournaments I would say that we've seen in a while. I was a little, you know, obviously it's disappointing when Rory doesn't finish when he feels like he should be in contention and he doesn't really have a chance down the stretch on Sunday, even though he did make a couple nice birdies on the back, it was after he had kind of. Faded from contention. Meanwhile, Scheffler absolutely charged up the board. How did you, how, how did you feel as things were unfolding? And what's your uh, Monday morning quarterback for guys like Scheffler and Zala Torres, who had a chance there in the end but couldn't quite pull it through? And even Rory, if you want to, if you want to touch on that.
1: Uh, so they teed off at 2:45 Eastern, I believe. Right around there was the, was the leader. The leaders went off. Which was
0: an hour earlier than they went off on Saturday, I think, to leave time for the playoff. cuz yeah. they changed the USGS, changed the US Open playoff to two holes since.
1: Oh, they did. I did not know that. From the eighteen
0: okay. previous eighteen hole playoff, like we've seen with yeah Tiger and Rocco at Torrey Pines, for example.
1: Um. So I would have said so that was around two forty-five. They teed off. I would have said at at three forty-five, four o'clock. Sky Shelfler was winning his second straight major. He looked he looked so locked in. He buried the first two holes. Buried the first one out of that divot. When he did that- It was an
0: unbelievable shot. I, I go,
1: I mean, he he is really- The he, guy is unflappable. Yeah. It is truly spectacular to watch watch him play golf, but then he got to that same exact stretch I know. that he got to on Saturday, and he just crumbled like a like, like a dry cookie. Well, he made a really
0: good five after he left it at his feet on eight. <laughs> yeah. That was a great up and down. I've When you leave it at your feet, you can see that Xander did it two more times, and- it's easy, I thought, oh boy, it's gonna all come unraveled. Here when he made par there, I thought maybe he will keep this momentum. But you're right, he, he was plagued by that same stretch of holes.
1: So I, I wouldn't I don't I don't I don't think Scotty should should feel any way bad and then and then Will Will is a tough one. You only can finish second so many times in a row before the narrative changes. I think right now he's still in the – he's young, he's getting experience like we just talked about, like this is all experience. He's
0: still getting closer, not farther away. But uh, we're getting
1: from, we're getting close to – We
0: may be reaching a tipping point here. Where is this – are we watching the next Colin Morikawa, a guy who's going to win maybe two majors in the next couple of years, somebody like that, or a Scheffler, or are we watching
1: Ricky Fowler? Okay, uh, that's that is insulting to Will to say he's Ricky. He's better than Ricky Fowler.
0: Ricky Fowler finished top five in all four majors in a calendar year. One of his first three or four years on tour,
1: I want to say. I want to know. I want to remember what year that was because I think that was like that was right before Jordan and Justin and. Everyone, everyone—that's anybody—came on Okay, okay. It was like you're that, always was that, wanting
0: to discount these achievements. I am.
1: This one especially. <laughs> <laughs> this is craziest. Uh, he he ball strikes it too well to not win one. It and, is true. They have different player profiles. He, I mean, Zalatoris
0: is a to green.
1: And we watched. He made a lot of putts. I wouldn't he say he putted
0: great. He had one of his best putting weeks. Yeah. That. that's why he flashed.
1: Yeah. So it's it's hard for me to say that. That he, will, he won't win one because he, he's there too much. The driver was a little weird this week, like on Sunday, where he just couldn't get the club to release. Yeah,
0: he was tentative. and He, he was, was tentative with it. He was really holding on to it. They were cutting a little extra off on the, the On the background, especially. He was missing and, it right so, and soft. Yeah. He saw Fitzpatrick hit it by him a couple of times, and that's because Salatoris not only is – Fitz was bombing it, and the fairways were firm, so if you're in the fairway, it's going to roll out. But Zalatoris hit that just absolutely like it turned into a circle slice almost
1: towards yeah. the end of the. Yeah, I'm sure there was there was probably like 4,000 RPMs of spin on that on those balls. So so I I still think we are in that he's getting closer. I, I but well as you look forward,
0: it's obviously a lot is going on in the in the in the game of golf. But the tour schedule is that that one's going to really hurt now because his next big opportunity is the Open Championship, and then we're the big tournaments are over until FedEx got playoffs and then those are shorter fields and are those wins is you know that's that like an a- Abraham answer answer type of breakthrough like we had last year who by the way is on his way to live incidentally and we'll get into that in a minute but um yeah i agree with you i mean zalator's a lot of zalator's backers there till the end to the very end again uh played great all week struggled out of the gates on sunday good comeback
1: yeah, you really thought he was. I thought he was in trouble. Th- yeah. Where when he was, I really thought it was going to be a two-horse race between Sch- Scotty and Fitzpatrick, starting like close to the back nine. Yeah. I guess not even. It was more like eight, probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Latter stages of the front nine. Mm-hmm. But Zaladoris really rallied. Found his iron play on the back. Uh, any other takeaways? I want to talk about the broadcast, but anything from the course.
1: Uh, I thought Joel Damon played really well. I was really impressed with just like a just he's just such an average guy to go out there and, and play with the, with the guys that I think he would even he would very quickly admit are much better than him but he can like when he gets it going he made he didn't make a birdie for like 27 straight holes and he was one over par he just made par 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 which I guess is and this his all Saturday when it was I think he started off a couple over par on Saturday which was the hardest day and then he just parred out yeah yeah
0: he really he really held it together well as did Adam Hadwin.
1: What did he end up shooting? Cuz I he made those I Sunday he had those Sunday scaries on the first few holes that, I think he, and then they stopped showing him. So I figured he was, Which
0: is what I wanted to get to with the broadcast. Um <laughs> in part. Now I know that the the new head of the USGA actually responded to some of the uh Discussion and criticism of the broadcast That was going on on Twitter over the weekend Actually actively I think that was Maybe Friday afternoon Hunter Or Saturday morning Maybe you can Pull that up But um, Once again viewers Maybe on the more golf fanatic You know Really The the You know The really The guys who are really into it Complaining about a lack of shots And more than that, it didn't seem that we got the proper context um, in lieu of the golf shots. You know, if you're foregoing the live golf to give us more perspective on the tournament or the players who are in contention or whatever the case may be, there's probably an argument there that you're adding value to the broadcast. Um but that didn't feel like what we were watching. I mean, I turned it on on I think it was Sunday, and I, the first five minutes I had to watch a TV interview between Mike Tirico and Tom Watson. Oh yeah. I know it's early in the day, but like we're tuning in because we want to watch the guys who are out on the golf course play the early holes that we're gonna watch the leaders play. So like I want to watch Spieth and JT and DJ and those guys play their rounds on Sunday in the morning. You're on TV so that I can see how those holes are going to play. And then once we get into the final groups, you've got to be able to show more than even when it looks like a three-player race. you got to show more of Morikawa as he's charging and shoots a Sunday 65 or 66 or whatever it was to get all the way up to two under. You've got to show more of Hideki earlier in the round. I didn't even know he was, he was, he was and, anywhere he was near the lead. He had a potential to post and get into a playoff or even win it outright at that point in the broadcast. You could say if he posts four under guys, yeah, this is really live. And you you really only show him on the greens and then hitting his second on 17, which he chunked and that ended his chances. But And then, the, you know, Rory gets it to two. So they show Rory, who we haven't seen in well over an hour, and then they feel compelled, oh, wait, there's other guys at too, And it's like you've got to do a television broadcast understanding that there are many of us watching you on TV and we have it on our phone. So I can see who's in contention. Mm-hmm. I can see how rounds are going. And if you're not showing me that on the broadcast or if you show it to me when it's too late, it just feels like, Too little, too late. You know, like I already knew this guy was, you know, 2-under. And everybody who top tens gets to play next year. They don't have to qualify. That is an important storyline for a lot of these guys. Barely touched on it. Only when Denny putted out, I think, did they even touch on it. Or somebody just barely missed. Um, And, you know, if Rahm is struggling and he's falling out of contention, he's the number three player in the world, I'll watch a couple of his bad shots. Yeah. You know, show me how that's going wrong. So I just thought that it wasn't their best. But I I am I'm excited and hopeful that maybe they're truly looking at analyzing that in partnership with NBC.
1: It does. So this is a tweet. Uh, I'm on it. This is from Mike Wan, the who was previously the LPGA CEO, I believe. And now now the the USGA CEO Uh, from a tweet from No Laying Up. Complaining about commercials, Mike Juan said, "I'm on it." We have the best sport production team in the world here with our partner NBC Sports, Olympics, football, etc. And if the amount of interruptions are problematic, we'll work with our partner to do better.
0: I don't- and that was only in re- really in response that they were playing a lot of commercials, which I got a text. I got text messages about that on Thursday afternoon. Oh yeah, where it was just had come on, and people were like, "What the heck is
1: this?" put what what are our thoughts about just putting advertise like just putting like a like a, i'm imagining like a hockey rink just line the borders with advertisements of the screen i don't really care just sh- i still want to see the shots but there's no reason to have commercial three golf shots commercial three commercial three golf shots. it just doesn't it doesn't make for good tv
0: i agree and here here's a clear opportunity. You've got split screens, right? We saw the split screen early in the round and then it went away. You can if do you, more if than you that. had committed to an advertiser that you needed some split screens cause that was sponsored mm-hmm. and you were going to do four or five of those over the course of the broadcast, which works out to about one an hour. Maybe you promised two of those in the last hour of the telecast for that advertiser, which is the high, you know, the most quality placement within that broadcast. Because all that's there behind the split screen is it's nothing. It's just green space or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that can be advertised an advertiser logo. And then when you come back to the golf course, you can show us a five second spot if you want, and full screen it even. Yeah. But you're right. They've got to get more creative about how they how they present the advertisers, and they've got to get us more shots from more players, even down the stretch on Sunday.
1: Yeah. I think uh, you mentioned the Tom Watson interview. I saw that too. There's no reason why they can't. They don't need. I don't need to see Mike Tirico's face in Tom Watson's exactly kitchen. Right. I can watch golf shots. I don't need. A, I don't need a, I don't need any audio. Don't give me any audio. Just let me see golf shots. And they can talk for as long as they'd like. As long as they just keep firing off golf shots. I. I you can show who the person is, and you can show the golf shot. Exactly right. I don't need Nick Faldo, retired, recently retired Nick Faldo, telling me about what he would have done in 1975 from this location.
0: So, well, this weekend it was Azinger, and that comes with its own. <laughs> yeah. That guy can't <laughs> – I hope he's not on Twitter. I would because, say – Because, like, he, he's – people I, – I, I really think his approval ratings are
1: – I like Paul Azinger more than Justin Leonard. It goes <laughs> Nick Faldo, the slightest bit, the slightest bit above Azinger. And then Justin Leonard, six feet like, – way under the ground he's not even close to anywhere near those guys well maybe
0: he'll help you out and he'll head over to the live oh
1: you'd lose a viewer live you would lose a viewer <laughs>
0: <laughs> um any more takeaways from the u.s open because we have a lot to get to obviously we got to talk about live you mentioned the nick faldo retirement we've got more players headed to live and then we've got to get around the tours because while the all this great stuff at the u.s open was happening we had a professional event of our own right here on the west side of michigan
1: yeah i do one more thing um it's like you hear about guys that are good putters, but I, I truly think that Denny McCarthy might be the best putter I've ever seen. Every time, you, every time I see him on the screen, he makes the putt from any distance, anywhere. It is, it's wild. To
0: watch. He is phenomenal on the
1: green. <laughs> it, it makes me feel so bad about myself. And he's
0: gotten hot with his iron.
1: Yeah, he's actually like he's he's probably sitting there thinking like I can play the whole bag, but. It is, oh, dude,
0: you, I, I done drunk the, the Denny Kool-Aid. I mean, yeah, y'all here, you've was. heard me talk about Denny McCarthy more than a few times on this podcast, and you're going to hear me talk about him later in this same episode.
1: Yeah, well, it's always like, well, they they talk about his stats before he's about to putt, and you go, well, let's, let's see him make it, and then he always does every time. It's,
0: and do you see how firmly, speaking of Tom Watson, how firmly Denny hits it from close range?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's not scared no. of a 3-footer coming back. He's no. like, "No, I'm hitting it in the middle." Yeah, hard.
1: Yeah, no it's That was my one. That's my final takeaway because I was just it's it's really fun to watch him roll the roll the rock.
0: All right, let's transition over to the news of the golf world, which is firm two pieces of firm three pieces of firm news, I guess. I'll take them one by one. Hunter mentioned Nick Faldo. Has announced that he will step down from the tower at 18, as he put it, Sir Nick Faldo, uh, <laughs> at the end of August, I believe, which is basically at the end of the is at the end of the playoffs. The, wind, um, oh, like, at the Windham. Oh, It was the Windham. Just I believe. before the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So he will be done, and he will be replaced in the CBS booth next to Jim Nance by Trevor Immelman. Yes. So that his his predecessor has already been anno- announced. Some of us may have hoped that that could have possibly been Colt Nost, but
1: oh, I don't know. I, I like where Colt is. I, I like Colt on on the course. Okay, I do. Okay, I don't know if he, not quite yet. For, yeah, for Colt. So
0: maybe that's maybe he's he's next.
1: That's really, I mean, that that's a dream team. Not not quite, but you can't with uh, Jim Nance, Trevor Lillman, and and Colt Nost were on the show. I I would be very happy with that. More, well, gol- more golf shots than those three guys we'd be on something
0: well yeah we'll see how that and this golf world's going to look a lot different by then too so that's the first piece of firmness. Uh, and news. then one
1: one thing to add to that i read his the way he phrased it i do think he might be going to live tour her because he just he said he's retiring from full-time broadcasting i'm glad you mentioned that that's how i mean it just it read it didn't if that was his intention or if that wasn't his intention you might want to think about rewriting that
0: yes he's either like ignorant of the possibility that people would suspect he's going to live especially given the timing of this announcement when other players are going obviously delaying it to the end of august seems like the live move makes that a little less likely but hunter's right he's w- wasn't the only one to read between the lines there and suspect that that's a possibility so i'm glad you mentioned that The second bit of firm news is Brooks Kepka and Abraham Answer, by all accounts, are joining the Live Tour. Answer for sure. He's personally announced it. The Live has announced it. And Brooks seems all but certain, though I personally have not seen anything official.
1: Nothing from from Brooks' camp
0: but he did remove all mention of PGA tour from his social channels, which was similar to what answer did before he made his announcement about joining. There is much speculation. There are going to be more names as we've mentioned in previous episodes, still more after answer and Brooks among the ones you should be looking for and not be surprised by as soon as this week, so, maybe a couple of these guys wait till next week because they are in the field at the Travelers. Bubba is one name. Wolf. Fowler, who's been bantered about quite a bit. Um, lately, Hideki has been mentioned. Um, and then I'm also hearing and seeing Xander and now Patrick Cantley as real possibilities to go to the Live Tour. Now, we should say. There was similar speculation that had led me to believe quite strongly as early as this morning that Colin Murakawa would be joining the live tour based on the sources who were putting that information out there. He has since refuted those claims and has pledged, again, his loyalty to the PGA Tour. So as of now, Colin Murakawa not headed to the live. Hunter, your take on the continued fragmentation here in terms of where... Uh, the best players in the world in the sport of golf will be taking their talents.
1: Uh, we still haven't lost a guy that I, w- I will miss dearly. Brooks was Brooks is getting closer. I like watching I l- I do like watching Brooks. If he can still play in the majors for a few more years then it'll be okay, but still there's not Kadeki would be another guy that I would like to see stay. But then outside of that other guys like they can welcome welcome to go Really i bubba bubba ricky just is ricky needs to go make money and then um i wouldn't xander's i'm so indifferent about xander and then same with patrick Cantley. you just don't see every you never see any i feel like i don't see many shots of patrick Cantley on the PJ tour broadcast maybe they have a bad broadcast and he's also just so He's not marketable. He's very slow. So, just, so when you just put the
0: camera on him, you have to wait for him to hit. It's yeah. unpredictable in terms of how long that's going to take.
1: We are, I still don't think this is the worst thing in the world. I, it seems like you're getting closer to, to feeling that way, but we haven't lost anybody I'm, like, I'm super worried about. And I think if they, my hope is that, Since the DP World Tour didn't ban these players from their event this week, they will not ban them. So if they need to go get official World Golf Ranking points, they can play in the DP World Tour events, and that'd be an opportunity to watch them in the morning play. Which I—that's the time I like to play watch golf. We can we can watch a decent second tier, better than the European Tour. I would I think I'd have to say. In the mornings, and then the PGA Tour in the afternoon. If we start losing bigger guys, you might hear my tune change. But right now, who do you really who who do we really care about that's left?
0: Yeah, I don't look at it so much on the individual level, though. When they start getting into guys who have more of a future on the PGA Tour, I know like Gooch has joined, but most of the others were a little older, yeah, or European. So, so now they're getting younger American successful players. If indeed if they, Brooks, if they get Cantley, and then if they get Cantley, that that'd be interesting. And Xander, that'd and be, I do believe that's a package deal because they are such close friends and they will, similar to what Spieth and JT have decided, um, along with Roy. I could see, you know, that the two of them making the same decision, whether it's to stay or to go. So it just. I don't know what it means in the end for the game of golf, but I have a hard time seeing it as being a good thing for golf or for fans. Personally, I'm just a fan of golf. I just love golf. I love to play it. I love to watch it. And I don't want to lose what I'm used to. So maybe I'm not being critical in terms of why I feel that way. Critical about my self-critical, that is. But... I love the way that the Tour is right now. I love the fact that it is a it is a pyramid and there is a clear top. And um, do I think that these guys might be a little underpaid compared to other professional athletes? Yeah, I think it's possible to potentially make that argument. Do I think that the Tour has maybe not done enough for the player, for their players over the years? Yeah, I think probably players have some beef there but do i think that this is positive for the future of golf at any in any sort of way no i don't i think it's sad i'm i'm disappointed that we're going in this direction and i think golf generally will become less interesting the more successful and i guess their success is measured by who plays on their tour the live is
1: yeah i don't don't. I guess I don't quite get that yet. And like we haven't, lo- we nothing's changed yet on the P J Tour. We haven't lost enough players. like the live is just simply extra golf, in my eyes. Like if you like golf, like that should be golf that you can watch without. We haven't lost anything on the tour yet. Maybe we get to that point, but right now it really just feels like that's just we have golf on from from 7 a.m. until until 7 p.m. for four days a week or. Three days and four, you know what I'm saying. But
0: yeah, maybe more. To, yeah, yeah, it may be more total golf. But is is the golf that you're watching then as a result of us of a lower quality all the time? Do you you still have your four majors a year? And it looks like unless the Masters comes out and bans these guys, which would be I think would really change, could change a lot. It might not change the you know the minds of those who have already committed. But it may change the minds of somebody like a Xander or a Cantley who's on the fence, and you know, what are their careers in the in the end without a uh, a Masters victory? A Xander plays great at Augusta, so do you think possibly
1: this just helps with the? I mean, there's 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 such a fine line between the the good and the really good on the PGA tour. Are we just gonna get we're just gonna start seeing guys that. I mean, I'm seeing this as a potentially an opportunity for. It's not like the guys are going to come in because we lose guys. are just going to be like some shitty golfer. It's like they're going to be a really good player, and it might be an opportunity for us to just, just. We have so many good golfers in this country, and we only get to see 175 of them. What on the semi cards are mm-hmm. R- mm-hmm. 175 cards per year? So there's just like there's guys that
0: yes more of those cars will go to younger mm-hmm. emerging players who yeah. we don't know who which I, like i yeah i recognize that opportunity i'm glad you brought that up i i see that as one exciting part of this is that sort of the some of these players who are somewhat grandfathered in are now foregoing their spots if you will and that is going to open up More places for these younger guys, and the younger players keep getting better and better and better. Look at all the amateurs that made the cut at the at the U.S. Open and how well they played. Yeah, Um, you know these guys are really really good. But do they is the is the tour in in total still able to achieve the same kind of viewership, sponsorship, attention, et cetera, when that's more of your storyline than? hey, we got DJ and Brooks this week. You know, I just, I don't know. I hope so. But I do think, you know, this is like a low tide lowers all boats type of thing. Like we're kind of, mm-hmm. their live is pulling golf down by fragmenting golf. um, And, I, you know, that brings me to my third piece of news, I guess, which now would be a good time to go through this. Don't know the specifics of this exactly, but the way we understand it from the news that's come out earlier today here on Tuesday the 21st is that the PGA Tour has responded to the early successes of the Live Tour with an announcement in a players-only meeting at the Travelers in Cromwell this morning detailing an eight-event super series, I guess, with extra, you know,
1: dollars, big money. Significantly extra. $25 million purses per event is what I...
0: $25 million purses per event. Correct. Um, But we don't really know the details around that and exactly what that means. It was reported initially that those would be predominantly in the fall. Those reports have been revised. It sounds like they're going to be spread out throughout the year. It seems like they're just going to take some existing events, kind of label those as these are the eight best that aren't majors kind of thing and because the top players want to play in those anyway those additional those higher purses maintain the competitive uh honesty of the pga tour while also giving the best players opportunity better opportunity to make more money so that is how the tour seems to be responding to the early success of the live tour
1: if if I was a spokesperson for the Live Tour, I would be, simply be asking the players, "Where has this money been all this time?" Like this is this is like what the Live Tour is doing, and this is the one. If we have a positive, I I like to think that this is it, where it's going to force the tour's hand to do something. Like, where is this? Where is twenty five eight times twenty five million dollars? Where is that money been all this all this time? All it takes is another tour to open up the pocketbooks. That would that's where I, as a player, I'd I'd feel. I feel a little frustrated that this money is just now it's showing up, when it's it could have been there for years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, and that's been mentioned on Twitter too. Too, if that <clears throat> if this money was here, why why wasn't it spent earlier? And I'm still not sure that this is the best way to spend it. I know we've talked about how I think that the players that your top twenty five or so the year before. You know, we've got a FedEx Cup where we've got a number one who's paid out pretty big money, and then some other guys paid out decent money because it's a playoff type of thing. But you know, if you give everybody in the top ten of the FedEx Cup ten million, and you give first place twenty five, and you pay out that ten million over the next twelve months or whatever, when you know they're going to have status on the tour Mm and nothing nothing goofy is going to happen, they're still going to be making money for your tour. That might have been a better use of the, of the 160 and just compelled players to get into the top 10. But the other thing that you brought up that I think is interesting on this point is if you want to, if the PGA Tour gets into a pissing match that's made of nothing but dollars and cents, they're not going to win.
1: No. No. And that's why I'm glad that, that that report was revised where it's not eight fall series events. And it, it's at least, I, I like the idea of adding more money to like, the, the existing. Like the Riv or yes. like Jack's Place or like yes. ev- events API. like that yeah. where it, <clears throat> it, they were already invitationals. They were already limited field events. Just make them smaller and just make big purses. And I think – and then you have the money on top of the glory of, of winning at one of these places that's has a little bit of prestige to it. So you're not just getting – And
0: maybe they'll come with – maybe they'll go so far <clears throat> as to say they're just – everybody makes – 50 grand this week or whatever because I know that live is covering expenses and travel and that kind of thing which is sign- not insignificant especially if you want to bring your family or whatever so if the tour is going to hey you're in this invitational you're going to get paid 50 grand no matter what at least you can go play and stay for free
1: and you know I had to look at what the uh, who made $140,000 in the US Open this, this past week and it was like 26th place at the biggest events the biggest purse that I think the tour has ever had. And that had a three
0: point million dollar first prize.
1: Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So we are, it's getting, it's getting better. But I, I do, I, I completely see your points of it. There is, there is, we're creating a fracture. It's just, we just don't, we can't have like the Schauffele or the Cantlays go. Or then, then it's, you start losing some of those guys that you tune in to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't so. lay. Maybe not as much, but I like watching Schaffel. I like really like watching Hideki play. I think people love Hideki in this country.
0: Well, and I love Hideki. I'm a big Hideki fan. Yeah. I mean, just an all time Hall of Fame player. I mean, he you know, it's disappointing. You want to be able to watch him in the events on the courses against the fields that you're accustomed to. Maybe it's just that I don't like change, but I do see it ultimately as a troublesome. Potentially for the game of golf.
1: So let's say they get less than – they don't get any more – they get no more Americans besides um, – they get Bubba Ricky, but they don't get Schauffler – Lee uh, or yeah. Cantley. Is it that bad of a thing? Like just like let them go play, and then if they can still play in majors, are we okay with it? Like we'd still get for at least three or four more years, I would think. We'd get DJ playing in majors. We'd get Brooks playing in majors.
0: I think it's, I think, yeah, like if that happened, Mm -hmm. golf would survive. The PGA Tour would be fine. You know, like things wouldn't get really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it won't be calling for the end of the, you know, it won't be, you know, making early calls on the death of the PGA Tour or anything. I just don't know that that's going to happen because these guys are going to keep. Going, they're going to keep pressing. They've only played one event, as you said. When these purses are collected, when the Charles Schwartzels of the world and the Pat Perez's of the world are taking home six million dollar checks, how long can these other guys pass on that money? I hope they can, I hope they can stand firm. And I do ultimately think there is a case to be made that you will be better off ultimately financially by staying on the PGA tour, particularly if you're in this top if you're in the Shawley Cantley to the top range. I mean, you have a life after golf that can be incredibly enriching based on what you've done in your competitive career. That you may be you know, obviously these sponsors are quickly abandoning these guys that are going to live more quickly than I realized. They would. I know they don't have broadcast rights, but I mean, they're just like, Dropping them. Brooks cut off his deal with Srixan, so apparently they couldn't make that work. That deal's brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there's a case to be made for those guys that, hey, ultimately, I, th- I do think I know that money is big and it's right now, but by the end of the, you know, by the, looking back 20 years from now, we might be happy that we stayed. I don't know for sure. Could very much be the opposite, but. I just don't see it stopping here with Answer and Bubba and Wolf and Fowler. I I see more names going. I see some kind of tipping point where somebody takes a stand and ultimately the Live is kind of a subpar, kind of a borderline product that never gets a huge following and the PGA Tour isn't quite as good. As it once was, and and both those things are coexisting.
1: So what if what if the DP World Tour got a boatload of money? They got enough money to pay equal to the PGA Tour. Would you be mad at the? P- would you be like pissed at the DP World Tour as well? Like if if players started going to play there. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I just lo- I just my I love the PGA Tour. Okay. I want the PGA Tour to, and and like I'm not angry. That's definitely not the. I'm not like. I'm just bummed. I'm like, yeah. I'm more like saddened by it because I just think it won't be the same. Potentially, won't be the same moving forward. Now I want to beat a dead horse. And we've got so much good, so many good things to talk about too.
1: Yeah, we. It's a darn good thing we don't have radio this week. <laughs> I'll say that.
0: Yeah, we're already touching 45 <laughs> minutes here. Right, there's just so. It's a good time to be doing a golf podcast because there's certainly so. no shortage of things going on in the game of golf nor in our neck of the woods, Hunter, because while the U.S. Open was going on, while there's all this speculation going on and live Jennifer Kupchel won in a uh, three-way playoff yep. over the weekend at Blyfield Country Club just outside Grand Rapids in front of some absolutely massive crowds at the Meyer LPGA Classic. Um, give us a little recap on that as you take us around the tours.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned it, the... The big crowd. And then I just – I saw so many comments on Twitter about how unfortunate it was that this was going up against the U.S. Open because of how, how good of a Sunday it really was. I mean, just, just the top five alone, this was starting at 1,600 par. Uh, Jessica Corda finished at 1,600 par. Lydia Ko finished at 1,700 par. And then in a 3 women playoff was Nellie Corda, Leona McGuire, and Je- Jennifer Cupcho So I mean, you really have like five, five stars of the game household names in the women's game all <clears throat> all competing on Sunday at a pretty decent golf course. So uh, like I said, Cup Tro took, took home the trophy at uh, $1,800, $270,000, $375,000 in the bank. And it's awesome to see how much Meyer and the Grand Rapids area has really embraced this event because it really seems like the crowd's in years past has also been just as, even, even with COVID. They
0: can't ever leave. Yeah. Like this one is, this one really stuck. It's one of the great successes on the LPGA tour. I mean, this was bigger crowds than sometimes you see at LPGA majors. Yep. So good on you, Grand Rapids and the state of Michigan, for coming out and supporting golf and women's golf and certainly got rewarded with a fantastic display of uh over four days, and particularly down the stretch there on Sunday, Leona McGuire is going to win like a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, I still remember her Solheim Cup performance yes. uh, in Toledo, Toledo. Ohio. Yeah, it was, was in Ohio. So good. Oh yeah, she was fantastic. So speaking of the, she whim- might
0: be a play this week at Congressional. Mm-hmm. Let's nice. get off that DraftKings sportsbook app. And see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I always want to bet.
0: I <laughs> like I buy high, sell low. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so speaking of the uh, women's majors, they are actually off to the women's PGA championship. Pierre just mentioned it at Congressional Country Club, uh, a really, really good golf course down in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, multiple tracks down there. They're, they're playing the blue course. The defending champion is uh, no other than Nellie Korda, which was the second of her back-to-back wins last year at this time. And just something to talk about with the um, the major, the PGA Championship for women, uh, their purse has increased double from what it was last year. Uh, it was it was four point five million last year. It is now nine million dollars for the purse this year. One point three five million to the winner. Uh, really awesome to see. They're starting to dump some serious money into the women's game, which is great to see. <clears throat> well deserved. I mean, if you guys don't watch women's golf, just turn it on. It is. It is really good. And Congressional is going to be sweet. Oh, that's a good. great course. I heard they they did a bunch of remodels, too. I'm excited to see Tiger
0: it. used to win there. That's where we used to have Tiger's event. hmm And that's where Ro- site of Rory's blowout PGA championship. Was that a U.S. Open? That was a U.S. Open. That was the 2011 U.S. Open? Yes. Sounds right. 11 years ago? He won by eight,
1: right? Yeah, he won by, the- <laughs> <laughs> he played okay. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll, stay in, uh, so we're back in Michigan now. Let's go to the 106 Michigan women's amateur where Peter mentioned in the intro, we had history, uh, this was at the great Oaks country club, uh, last Monday through Friday, the 13th to the 17th, uh. Two Traverse City da- or not daughters, uh, sisters, Ansi Dye and Annika Dye, both played in the finals against each other. They went 21 holes with uh, the younger of the two, Ansi Dye, who just finished her freshman year at Indianapolis University, uh, victorious over Annika, who is going to be a senior at Michigan. Um, so like I said, first time this has ever happened. Uh, very, very cool. It, it did not look like, I believe it was Ansi was four down through six. In her semifinal match, ended up winning in 20 holes to get to the finals. What a comeback. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure their parents are just through the roof. That what they, about
0: the two of them, though? Do you think they're talking? Uh, <laughs> so they, actually, <laughs> they, so they actually
1: didn't play great. They both shot 79 in okay. the in the, uh, the first eight, 18 holes of before they went to three holes of sudden death. So I, it's hard to say if – I think Annika just wished she probably played better more than anything. It's not like she – they both played fantastic golf, and yeah. she just well. It's hard to play against.
0: The, it's hard to play against a sibling. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can't even. I can't even imagine.
0: I mean, it's just any time. Yeah. But on a stage like that, yeah. You know, you're kind of like, well, I sort of want him, you know, or her to win.
1: Yeah. So I, and I think that's what that was kind of the message that I took from it was, it sucks I lost, but I, I was able to lose my sister, so not the not the worst thing in the world. Like at least if I was going to lose, I'm I'm glad of who I lost to. And then kind uh, of like
0: what Will Zalatoris said to Matthew Fitzpatrick's <laughs> parents at the end of the U.S. Open. Did you hear about that?
1: No, what did he say?
0: If I could lose to anyone, I'm glad it was your son.
1: Which, not to go back to the U.S. Open, but I I couldn't like M- Matthew Fitzpatrick more. I mean, he seems like the nicest guy. You know,
0: and in everyone in my family was like, ah, oh, I can't believe he's gonna win. I'm like, what? Well, you don't like him because he has braces? <laughs> yeah. Like, give me a break. And they all they love Zalatoris. You know, they wanted Zalatoris. To My wife is, like, a big Zalatoris fan because his sister's a blogger. So I, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I, I would have loved it. See, it like, was so exciting because you really, like, sh- had Scheffler won, you kind of would have been like, uh eh. I always love it when these get like, the Fitzpatrick stories. an amazing story. Yeah. It's like that is, he won the U.S. amateur there. It's his first time winning on U.S. soil as a professional. And he's going to do it in the U.S. Open on a course where he has great history, where Zalatoris would have been a great story. And even Scheffler, in the sense that, like, he's literally, had he won that, he would have basically, you know, the Tiger Woods (laughs) comparisons would have started coming out again. I might have
1: been making those comparisons. (laughs) (laughs) I might have. So,
0: so, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you you like to see that you like to see those guys kind of break through.
1: So, uh, so quickly moving on to the Michigan Open, which was down held in uh, at Grand Travers Resort this past week. Uh, they played at the Bear, a four round event, all four rounds at the Bear. After that seventy second hole, I don't know how these guys walk off the golf course. But going into the round, uh, Patrick Wilkes, career from Ann Arbor, who was We've mentioned several times he's an assistant coach for uh, the Michigan boys, was leading the event by, uh, I believe it was five, ended up shooting an 81 on Sunday to falter back to uh, tie for third. Jake Keen from uh, White Lake, he's an Oakland, um, Oakland graduate alumni. He fired a 73 to win by two over Baker Stevenson, and then Dan- Donnie Trosper, We've mentioned in a couple of U.S. Open qualifiers, qualifiers, and other qualifiers, finished in a tie for third with Patrick Wilkes' career. That is uh, Jake's second Michigan Open Championship, and he's only the second person ever to win as an amateur and uh, win as a professional. So he won the he was an amateur in 2018, and he won as a professional this year. Only other person to do it is Chick Harbert, who I'm not familiar with. Why don't you play in that? Uh, and you've never played the bear, right? Never played the bear. That's that's a good course for you. That's uh, I've seen
0: you play Nicholas designs. You obviously yeah, play those well.
1: I'm I'm a, Nick, I'm a Nicholas. Niklas You're Stan. a Nicholas specialist. A, yeah. Uh, and I
0: wouldn't say that that's a putter's track at all. It's all about <laughs> ball striking. Well,
1: good. <laughs> My, it's right up your alley. You all try to qualify. Sign, sign me up. Or do you just have to pay? I think you just have to pay. I'm I'm not sure. We'll I'll, back you. I'll back you. Maybe next the podcast, year the
0: listeners will back you.
1: Next year, if we're, if we're still doing this, I have because uh, Tad's asked me why I don't try to qualify for the. This was all after like the good rounds at Jack's place. He goes, "Why don't you try to qualify for the for the USAM?" And I go, "Because I'm not good enough, Tad. That's why." So that that would be. Uh, but maybe, you're not actually, that far. No, I just need to make some more putts, really. Yeah. Do you
0: practice your putting at all? Um. That would be one thing I might. So advise. no, I
1: do quite a bit, but then it just doesn't doesn't translate. Like it's very much. It's I, I'm just such a feel guy and like so mental that like if I make the first putt, I'll have 20 putts the rest of the round, and I'll I'll shoot really low score. But if I have a three putt the first round or first hole, I'm gonna shoot an 81. We're, do you
0: ever like try to line up like a 10 footer or something before you go to the first tee and just like wait till you knock it in and then let that be the last thing you saw before you go play?
1: I try to make. I try to finish with a make. Maybe not from 10 feet, but yeah i would like to see something go in before you
0: you got to build that momentum before you tee off
1: and it's actually been better since the jack nicholas uh extravaganza went on because i'm not i'm not squeezing the club to death yeah it's releasing a little bit um that was the
0: one interesting thing that i thought that tom watson talked about in his interview with mike tarico that i complained about earlier so what would you what would you be telling the guys and he said grip pressure Yeah, grip pressure. Like, pay attention to your grip pressure because you will be choking. When you feel nervous, you just start. Like, your grip tight, 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 tight. And before you know it, you, you know, you're just like, playing stiff-handed completely.
1: Which isn't the worst thing for me for the long game because I don't release the golf club very much. So, like, holding on to it tight's a good thing. <laughs> if I release the golf club, it goes left.
0: It just looks like Zalatoris, <laughs> <Zella Taurus. laughs> yeah. Your shot tracker. It's like, well, they're going a little bit farther to the right as we get deeper in the round, but they're not going left.
1: No, they. I can make sure it doesn't go left, that's for sure.
0: All right, so that covers the LPGA. we got the State Am. That was a great yeah, story. Yeah. The Michigan Open.
1: And then, uh, finally, next week, uh, something to keep an eye out for. If... You happen to be down in the, I think that's the East Lansing area, the at Hawk Hollow Golf Course. The one hundred and eleventh Michigan Amateur Championship is next week. Nice. And then I don't. Uh, do you really have anything on the the Corn Ferry, um, tour?
0: Yeah, Norman Jong one, which oh. is a great story. Um, if you guys are not familiar, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Just like an all like a, <clears throat> poor guy. He was really, really good, Uh, what, handful, I guess it's a handful of years ago now. Hunter, I believe he was a former number one amateur in the world. I mean, this guy was gonna be the next great player. And then he really struggled when he turned professional. And it's been a real grind for the guy. You've probably seen his name on PGA and and corn Ferry tour leaderboards over the past few years or so. But he actually Monday qualified to even get into this field because he doesn't have status and went on to win. He actually won quite decisively, and it would have been even more decisive had he not hit his tee shot on 18 on Sunday out of bounds. Thankfully, he, be- he had, I believe, a six-shot lead at that point. So he was able to make, I, I think he ended up making double. And winning by four, but yeah, he shot like four rounds in the low 60s. So yeah, really a great story. Google him or or uh, type it into Twitter. Monday Q covered it and a few other guys, but really happy for him. Now all of a sudden in position to potentially get a PGA Tour card, but at the very least, hopefully, you know, have some Corn Ferry Tour status and get his get his professional career rolling again because he is a, a, a huge talent
1: yeah, it looks like that puts him at uh 34 on the corn Ferry regular tour or season's point list i mean it feels like you've we've heard norman's name for like 10 years but he's only 23 years old
0: oh i probably bet him yeah i'm sure i bet him it so now uh, bet him this week
1: but. the corn Ferry continues they are off to an event that i've actually heard people really like the live and work in maine open um at falmouth country club way up there in the northeast
0: Oh, Beautiful area of the country. Mhm. I've never to, been over there. I almost went to college up there.
1: Where? Maine. Mhm.
0: Colby College. Oh. Waterville, Maine. Why? Really, a cool place. <laughs> just wanted, uh, just wanted a to a get away. Division three, really good literature program and a division three soccer program that I that was really good that I thought I could maybe walk on and play for. Because I was more interested in playing college soccer than college golf. May have been a mistake. I maybe should have tried to get on the team at Michigan because they weren't very good. I might have made it. (laughs) Um, All right. Do we want to talk about Cromwell?
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's touch on the Cromwell.
0: Travelers Championship, Cromwell, Connecticut. Uh, A TPC River Highlands, a staple on the PGA Tour schedule. We've been here since like... Two thousand twelve or something crazy, maybe even before that. Um, you may remember this place for the speeth hole out from the front right bunker to beat Berger, thinking a playoff. Uh, and then he did like the he had the crazy reaction and the kind of weird side chest bump with uh Michael Greller. One of the shortest courses on the PGA tour. Sixty eight hundred yards, folks. Sixty eight hundred yard par seventy. Um, And interestingly, it also has rather wide fairways. So it is a TPC design. It is bent grass. Rough and wind are the main defenses here. But there's also water that comes into play uh, on about five holes. Just really, really short is the most distinguishing characteristic of this golf course. It also has smallish greens, about 5,000 square feet. If you remember, we were playing about 4,300 square feet last week. You saw how small those greens were. These are not much bigger. Uh, Last year, Harris English uh, emerged from the playoff that just refused to end with Kramer Hickok, if you remember that. Seven holes they halved before English finally made birdie and won on the eighth playoff while we were watching golf till like midnight that night. Um, So, guys with English came in and won here after charging at Tory Pines, where Rom won, uh, finishing in third place, I believe. And the year before that, or maybe it was two years before that, Reevy won the Travelers shortly after, I believe it was a second-place finish to Gary Woodland in the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. So we have seen a connection between guys having form uh, in the U.S. Open and then carrying that form on to uh to Cromwell um what else Hunter
1: (laughs) um it looks like so I'm I'm seeing that this this was the easiest of the par 70s tracks in the 2019-2020 season um but still it, it showed its teeth in that obviously showed its teeth in that playoff with no birdies and seven straight holes between two guys that they both had got to 13 or par, and then did not make a birdie for for eight straight holes. This course does have some teeth given the given the correct conditions.
0: It's amazing. It's they hit. You can pretty much hit your driver if you want, mm-hmm. even though it's 6,800 yards. That's really a wedge fest. Yeah. There are guys who will lay up because it does get kind of tight in some spots. But like DJ's one here, Bubba's one here. It's not like you're not disqualified from competing here if you bomb it off the tee because there are a lot of driver holes and there are two reachable par fives that you can take advantage of. Um, But yeah, the winning score never really seems to exceed kind of the middle-ish teens. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just kind of keeps things in check from a statistical profile. It's really kind of an irons and putting type of week, which is why I'm on Denny McCarthy. I think if you're hot with either of those, two areas and and even better if it's both then you're a you're a good play here i mentioned english and reevee the between that was the dj victory he beat streelman by one streelman loves it here it's in terrible form right now but really cheap on DraftKings. bubba's actually won here twice 2018 and 2015 spieth over Berger was in 2017 in a playoff Russell Knox beat Jerry Kelly in 2016, and Strelman won back in 2014 over KJ Choi and Sergio Garcia. So plenty of short players in there, um, but some longer players too. Interestingly, Hunter, I should mention that Bo Hostler, uh was tied for second here in 2018, and he has been added to the field on account of the withdrawals, some of the withdrawals from earlier this week. So I will be backing Bo Hassler here this week he's probably in the 250 to 1 range and why not he even played well at the U.S. Open so that's a look at the past champions the course and the statistical profile that we're looking for this week give me just a minute and I will pull up the odds board
1: uh we have to I have to bet Brian Harmon again this week
0: I knew you were going to talk about Brian Harman because I have he's to. a
1: he's a he's a horse for course. He very much so, and he just played decently well uh, at the U.S. Open. He was near the top of the leaderboard for at least a couple days, I believe. Is it that still the top fifty get into the majors in the world golf rankings? I think so. So he is hovering like he he just barely snuck into the U.S. Open, I believe, and now he's fifty third in the world. Dude, he's so good in U.S. Opens. Yeah, I don't I don't quite get it,
0: and. Mm. I I would to hammer home your point. uh, Harmon is has the leads and strokes gained total in tournament history here over the past five events, and that includes a miscut in twenty twenty. Because starting in twenty seventeen through twenty twenty one, here are his results: tie thirty fifth, tie sixth, tie eighth cut, tie fifth. So. Maybe if you want to outright him back that with a top 10 and a top 20, I do think he's a good play this week. The rest of this list, I mentioned Streelman, Cantlay, tie 15, tie 15, tie 11, tie 13th in his four appearances here. Reeve who won back in 2019, has a couple other decent finishes. Jason Day plays this track fairly well. It's kind of interesting. Brendan Steele is up there. Rory McIlroy is up there. He has a 12th. In 18 and an 11th in 2020. Charlie Hoffman pops up there. Remember, this always favors kind of the older guys because they have more events to pull from. Um, but Leishman pops up there. And then kind of down the list, just some guys who have only really played here recently. Obviously, Hickok, he tied for six, 60th and 19 and then lost in the playoff last year. Joel Damon, who we talked about having a good week, has a 43rd and 19, a tied 20th in 2020 before not playing last year. Uh, Andrew Putnam was 13th here last year. Seb Straka was 10th here last year. I do think this is potentially a good course for him and could be a bounce back week for him. So those are some of the guys that have played here in the past, but it's a mixed bag. I mean, you look at Keegan gaining 18 strokes here over the past five events. That's with Missed cuts in each of his last two, so I do think he will be a popular play. And Brooks, we should mention, tied for fifth here last year, and is apparently going to go ahead and tee it up before he heads out to Portland and Pumpkin Ridge next week.
1: Which I think, which I think, is like a total power move. I kind of like these because I don't think they can suspend him until he hits a tee shot.
0: There. That's what they've decided not to do. Yeah. uh All right, the odds board. Sheffler and Rory lead it off at 9-1. This is on DraftKings Sportsbook. Justin Thomas is 10-1. Patrick Cantlay, 14-1. Sam Burns, 18-1. Jordan Spieth, former winner here, is 20-1 along with Xander Shoffley. Sungjae Im is being bet down. He's down to 28-1 off a missed cut last week. He was very highly owned in DraftKings and burned a lot of people, so I think this could be a good leverage spot if you're playing DraftKings tournaments this week. Seamus Power, really popular this week. Had another good week at the U.S. Open. Just keeps playing well. He's 28 to 1 along with Keegan. Mito Pereira, along with his countryman, Joaquin Neiman, 35 to 1. Harold Varner, 35 to 1. Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, who I have bet because I'm a sick person, along with Brooks Kepka, Brian Harmon, and Davis Riley are all at 40 to 1. Mark Leishman and Aaron Wise are at 50 to 1. I have also bet. Aaron Wise, Keith Mitchell, 65-1, to along with Christian Bezadenhout, Cameron Tringali, Brendan Steele, and Denny McCarthy. I have bet two of those players at 65-1. to I probably don't even need to say who they are at this point because you guys can guess. They are Denny McCarthy and Keith Mitchell. Keith doesn't have great results here, but he did play well two weeks ago at the RBC Canadian Open. He was kind of a one of those players that you felt might have been missing from the field last week when you looked at some of the names that were in it. Um, but I believe he's trending pretty well and could come through this week. Some other interesting names popping up here. Webb Simpson is 70 to one on a short course. K H Lee TPC K H Lee already with what? Two wins to his name this year, 75 to one McNeely's 80 to one McKenzie Hughes, who shot 60 on this golf course is 80 to one. Jason day, who I mentioned has some decent results here is 80 to one and Joel Damon your guy, along with defending champ Harris English, and a guy I believe is trending pretty nicely in Brendan Todd, are all at a hundred to one. Any, I mentioned some of the guys that I like this week. You mentioned Brian Harmon. Any others stand out to you?
1: Um, it would be hard. I have to see what uh, Harris English's um, <clears throat> finishing number is for top twenty, but I have him at plus one twenty five for outright. So I have to imagine that he is even. Give me once, cause yeah, just the, I know I have, have um, hundred
0: to one, so that's hundred twenty-five to one. Is there's some options down here deep? I mean, Kisner, I know he hasn't played here well here in the past, but like, why shouldn't he play well here? And maybe not quite his style, more Parkland than Country Club. I don't know that he has a lot of good results on TPC, but anytime it's short and it's irons and putting, you know, I feel like Kisner can be potentially in play. I mentioned Seb Straka, one fifty. Sahithi Gala is a guy that I've bet on. The driver's not going to hurt him here. Loves his short game, good putter. He's one fifty.
1: Yeah, I'll give you. A, I'm gonna give you three names. I think. I think Dane McCarthy at plus two seventy five, top twenty, is absolutely stealing right now. I Already bet it. I don't think. Um, I don't think. Davis Rallied at plus two hundred, top twenty, is much far behind stealing. That's pretty nice. A, a lesser of a charge, but still probably stealing. And then I think Brian Harmon at plus two hundred is also a, a swell deal. And finally. Harris English at plus four hundred after winning last year. I, I don't care if he. I know he was just injured. I know he didn't look great last week at the Open, but Still he made he, made, he made the cut. Yeah, you could say you could say a lot of guys that did not make the cut that have better odds than him, but he he won the tournament last
0: yeah, year. Yeah, I'm with you. Gotta you gotta give him
1: a, gotta give him a little bit of respect.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. I like those plays for top twenty. How do you feel about the top end here? Like, do you think of Scheffler, McElroy, Thomas? Cantley, Burns, Spieth, and Shoffly—all the guys, twenty to one and under. I. Who do you give the best chance to this week?
1: I think it's gotta be Rory. I really do. I think he is just playing. He's playing some really exceptional golf right now. I had a couple just kind of weird, weird moments at the at the Open that that cost him a few a few shots. But I still think he's putting. He's putting. He's putting the so way he's good. putting. He shouldn't lose. He really should I mean he hit so many greens, hit so many fairways, and if he's making those fifteen twenty footers he was making last week, I mean you got everyone else is playing for second. Well, here we
0: go with the wedges again. A lot of short approaches this week. Yeah. There are long par threes and reachable par fives, which I do think is why the bombers can get into play here and certainly you know, like Berger, DJ, Bubba, these guys are not short hitters and have played really well here, but um Yeah, I, I, I like speeth because I like Spieth every week right now because I think he's playing great. And he's kind of the opposite of Rory in the sense that his putting has been poor and continues to be poor. Now he comes, I love, from a gambling perspective, I love it when a guy who's putting poorly comes to a golf course where he has good pictures in his mind in terms of I've won here before, I've made these putts before. It's kind of potentially a get-right week. He would be my pick of the 20-1 to in unders. If they give me a boost or something and I could get like 25, I will definitely, definitely uh, be in on that. And then I like Cameron Davis. I mentioned Bo Hostler I'm definitely in on Bo Hostler Cam Davis played really well at Hilton Head, another short course, and tight. I think he can, similar to Keith Mitchell, he can club down off the tee here. I mean, immense talent. I know I'm going to be betting him at much shorter numbers at the Rocket Mortgage and the 3M Open. Um, so I'm definitely betting him here at 150 while I can get it, and then why should Nick Hardy is going to keep playing well, right?
1: I I don't see any reason to say he wouldn't keep playing well.
0: Nick Hardy, I'll just say it right. You heard it here first. Nick Hardy will win the TPC John Deere. Okay, perfect course for him. Mm -hmm. Illinois kid coming in hot. Good result at the Glen Club. Good result at the U.S. Open. He's two hundred to one this week. I certainly don't hate that. I will definitely bet him to top 40 or to top 20, and I think he's going to get into some nice form here now plus, that he's healthy. Uh,
1: plus 400 top, to top 20. Love it. He's, just, he's played some really exceptional golf. If he's finishing where he is the last few weeks, I don't see why you wouldn't take him to top 20. All right,
0: folks. This time next week, yeah. there's going to be more players on the Lib, and we're going to have a lot more to talk about and maybe even – Maybe
1: even a winning ticket. Wouldn't that be nice? We gave you some good ones. They got to do their part now. We did our part. We picked them. All
0: right, good luck. Enjoy the Traveler's Championship. Oh, yeah.